0: we go. Welcome back to Only the Important Stuff. I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. Uh, it is Monday, April 3rd, officially, I would say officially baseball season, right? Uh, a couple days into the season. Sun is up in Minnesota, even though we just got 10 inches of snow two days ago. And uh, as I continue on down my little, my journey down memory lane of finding old teammates and 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 past players that, I, that I've got an I had the pleasure of playing with, uh, super excited to, today to, to welcome a one-time former teammate, former roommate, I, I guess I would call him a former co-worker, even though we were coaching together, even though he was the head coach, uh, but always, forever and always a brother, uh, Mitch Messer. Welcome to the pod, brother. How you doing?
1: Oh man, I'm doing awesome, honey.
0: Thanks for having me on. Dude, my pleasure
1: it's good to, good to see your face, man.
0: <laughs> it's been a minute, hasn't it? yeah, um, you know, as much as I detest and uh, you know try to stay off of social media uh even though it's it's kind of a necessary evil uh some days look yeah, God bless it, right, like we were able to to reconnect and uh I actually got in touch with you through your wife. <laughs> yeah so um you know thank god for that but yeah how the heck are you doing dude
1: good good man um yeah so my social media game if, if you're looking to connect or catch up on what i'm doing that's the last place you're gonna find it right um yeah man um uh what's crazy is that jc yeah her she's on social media nonstop and 10 years ago it was like the complete opposite you know she was the uh she was very cavalier about um
0: you know being anti-social media yeah but she's playing she's playing the game now like because of her profession or just got sucked into (laughs) it
1: I don't know. I'm not going to answer for her. It's yeah. definitely not for for, for profession. So yeah, um, I,
0: Lord knows it's easy to get sucked into that shit, dude. Just, and I yeah. find myself sometimes doing it like on a Sunday or Saturday morning and the kids are watching their shows or whatever. And I'm just drinking my coffee and all of a sudden I find myself watching some stupid video about a, how a table got made. Just a complete waste of time. <laughs> Yeah. And then you have self-talk, right? Like what the hell am I doing? This is yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, welcome Mitch. Uh super excited to have you on. Um I've been kind of doing this little journey, you know, through guys that I played with and um you know, being able to share their stories uh as as well as me getting to share mine and and you know, really like how it's kind of translating into what they're doing today, how they took what they learned in those situations and applied it with their children and so on and so forth. So super excited to talk to you, especially after, you know, my last episode I had had uh, Hunt on and got like the down low of what playing baseball in Rapid City was like for post-22. And you played there as well, correct? Yes. Yep. What was your experience like playing for essentially like a semi-pro or a a junior college team, essentially like at such a young age, was it as intense as he made it out to be?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, and I think I know my journey was different than Brian's, even though we lived in the same small town. Yeah. Um, You know, for me, Really, my first exposure to Post 22 was when I was little. Uh, I want to say I was like seven or eight. Yeah. And USA baseball was in town playing Chinese Taipei and uh, Team Canada. It was like a big U- Team USA event. And uh, man, I my parents dropped me off, and I, I think it was like a form of babysitting in the eighties. Um, <laughs> they just dropped me and my brother off, and dude, we chased foul balls, and um, you know. And then I wanted to come back and I wanted to watch post 22 play cause they played team Canada. And yeah. so I think that whole experience is really what got me in, um, into the mindset of, I think I want to do this. Like, sure. I want to be a part of that. And I want to wear that hard hat cause that's pretty damn cool. So, um, but yeah, I mean playing little league, uh, there wasn't travel ball in rapid city in the eighties. Um, grew up playing community baseball, and then, uh, so Brian and I actually came into the program in the same year. He was, he's a year older than me. He was 15. I was 14 mm-hmm. at the time. They didn't have any 14 year olds trying out. And I just went for it. Um, and you know, hundred kids, it's a meat grinder, man. There were three, they would have three levels of cuts, you know, one each week. Wow. So, uh, yeah, when I was 14, I made it Damn. and, uh, yeah. Like I said, and Brian talked about it, right? Like it's, it is, it, it's meat grinder. Yeah. Like you got to perform. Yeah. You got to work hard, but like that's the minimum expectation
0: for sure. You,
1: you got to be everything that they need.
0: So that's crazy. Did you, and you know, I think that's one of like the questions i I ask myself all the time, right. Especially as it translates to now, cause that was essentially just like this massive commitment uh, at an early age, in a time when it really wasn't as much of a thing as it is now, right? Like so many mm-hmm. youth sports nowadays, like are asking you to, uh, essentially commit year round, um, to their program in some form or fashion. And, you know, they kind of have it set up from, a, you know, whether it's like basketball, like doing the travel team and then going to join the AAU team and going to team can, you know, and so there's like no time for other stuff. Do you, do you think it's all worth it? Um, sl- I mean, that—that's a terrible way to frame that question. <laughs> um, but you know, do do they get out of it what they're like, what they're trying, what what you have to put into it? Versus, like, you know, where I grew up, yeah. you could play every single sport whenever you wanted. There was no ne- necessarily no need for specialization, um, and there was at that time kind of probably a push that look like we want you to be well-rounded athletes and do other things and don't get burnt out and so on and so forth. Do, you, But having gone through that from your perspective, is that something that like you feel comfortable, like kind of like talking to your kids about and, you know, ensuring yeah. that they don't get burnt out or, you know, letting them know what, what commitment yeah. looks like.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, burnout was definitely part of it for me. Not while I was, not while I was there, but definitely that last year at Augie.
0: Um,
1: just, I, you know, again, I'd been going just, you started the grind at age 14 I mean, that's crazy. Right. Um, so by the time I was 22, it was like, man, I think I'm done with this. I think I'm (laughs) ready to move on. Um, so yeah, I think it's real. Um, you know, in Rapid City, you still had the opportunity to go play other sports. Now, could you go to a camp during the summer? No, of course not. Um, right. You're not going to football camp. You're not going to hoops camp. Um, but, you know, I played football until my junior year. And the reason I didn't play when I was a junior is we got back from the World Series um, out in Oregon. And it was like the last week of August. And, uh, and it was – yeah, and there are a few of us that just kind of looked at each other like, do we really want to jump right into football camp right now? Yeah. Um, and we played, what, 96 games that summer. So. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, I, I think burnout's real. I think it's in, important for parents to manage that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but, all, but at the same time, feed the passion, right? Like feed yeah. the beast. It's tough. It's tough because I, I feel like I was in, in the same boat. I wasn't just married to one sport. But yeah, I've had conversations with um, – there's a couple of my friends that essentially did the same thing I did in high school where we played football, and we were really good football programs. So, like, that was king in my high school. And, you know, it was, if, if you weren't dedicated to that, you know, what are you doing, right? But we – you know, so we would always have deep runs, and essentially when the state tournament ended, basketball was on Monday. Like, that's when it kicked off, and we'd go through basketball – you know, we'd have playoff runs, and then as soon as basketball was over the next Monday, baseball started, and you know, you'd do that in the spring, all through the summer, and Legion, you know, VFW, Legion, whatever, that would end right into football, and we, we realized at one point when we were in college that I don't think we had a day off since ninth grade. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it was just go, 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 and we were having fun and thankfully we got to have those breaks, uh, you know, from one sport to the other. So it didn't feel as intense, but we, we just remember looking back being like, good Lord. Like we never like had a week of not being involved in something. And I'm sure my parents, I know my parents loved it cause they were big sports fans. Um, but goodness gracious. Like what a commitment for everybody involved. <laughs> Just yeah. a lot. It's a lot. And so then I, I would echo what you said, right? Like when I was a senior, man, I was enjoying playing, but at the same time when the season was over, you know, some tears were shed cause the, cause the ride was over. But at the same time I was just kind of ready. I was looking forward to what's next, right? And not having to take eight Advil before every game in the event that I had to go close, right? Like my arm wouldn't fall off or no pain shooting down the fingers, I was, just, I was ready to move on. I, I totally understand what that's like. Um, but, yeah, so I can't imagine, you know, that level of commitment in high school starting so early to one. just seems like a lot. It just seems like a lot, and it's something yeah. I wrestle with with my kids because um, those, those opportunities are available, right? And up here, obviously, hockey is a thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I, I really try hard to make sure my kids are not – interested in hockey. <laughs> um if they you know if they ask i'm gonna let them go but um that is one of those things like dude i got neighbors that have five-year-olds that are in hockey eight months out of the year yeah it's crazy to me it's it, and crazy expensive for Holy sure cow. yeah dude, they gotta rent ice time like they got dry land work they got so much stuff that they do that I just, it blows my mind Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's a wild journey
1: hockey, yeah. you know, but um, you know, in the same vein of this commitment discussion and sports and the, the positives so far outweigh any of the negatives, any of that burnout feeling that I got I, for me, I just felt like, man, that was just a season in my life where I was just ready to move on. Yeah. And take everything that I learned from the time I was 14. Like it's, I kind of look at it as like a badge of honor. We did really hard shit with a bunch of dudes that we liked and yeah. we loved and we got to hang out and do stuff that we really enjoyed
0: doing. So fuck. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was, it was a blast. Absolutely. And that, that's like, so like my wife's not a big sports person, right? Um, She, she has zero interest in like watching a game, right? Or anything like that. She'd rather watch real housewives and you know, I love her. Right. But it's, it's one of those things that unless you've like essentially like been through the fire, right. Or been battle tested with, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are like-minded and all working towards the same goal. It's hard to explain like what sports, whatever it might be can give you and can teach you. Um, And so like, it's awesome to hear you, you kind of like have that perspective and say like, yeah, like, i know what hard work is i know how this will translate for me into the rest of my life and that's what i want my kids to know and like to learn Mm -hmm. it because it, it is so invaluable right and like there's there's no script um any game anything can happen and it's you know you're you're winning and having fun or you know you're learning from mistakes that were made and how to do better next time and what you can do and the sacrifice that needs to be made and so on and so forth. so yeah, like I want them to be involved, but I also like temper that with how hard do I push. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a weird for sure. balance for me. Um, yeah, yeah, but anyway, like yeah. I mean, like for me with my
1: daughter, she plays hoops. Yeah, um, she's okay, right? Like she just started playing when she was in eighth grade. But man, for me, I just want her to like check it off of the like. Okay, cool. I get another year. Like I get another year. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, again, we know we've been through it. We're on the other side of it. We know how valuable that is. Um, even if she never plays varsity, or even if she never gets to college, yeah. Um, having that experience of having to do something hard um, and work through it, and and work through it with other people,
0: it's huge. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thankful for that. That's for sure. Absolutely. So you so you played it rapid. right post 22 famous program right and then so from from post where did you end up and what was that journey like because i know you went to a junior college i've forgotten the name since so Mm -hmm. i apologize but um where where did you end up how did you get there why was that the path that you pursued at that time walk me through that yeah goodness what a mess that kind of was um (laughs)
1: Self-induced to like, so I, um, out of post 22, I committed to South coast state. So I okay. signed my senior year with SDSU. Um, good friend of mine, Tom Mausel. Uh, we were roommates and teammates at rapid. Okay. Um, and then I left SDSU after my freshman year. Um, Brookings was not my jam. Um, and I went to Southwestern community college. Those guys recruited me also out of high school. So, mm-hmm. um, I played my sophomore year down there, um, and had a good had a good year. Um, I tore my labrum, my um, left labrum, in a game, um, and I want to say, well, I know where it was at. We were playing Connor State down in Oklahoma, um, and I did. I actually hit home run on that swing, um, and it like popped out and pop back in. It was one of those deals. So I finished that season with a torn labrum. I, I used, I'd have to wear like this big brace over my shoulder to keep yeah. my shoulder in socket. I was damaged goods, man. Um, <laughs> but I had signed and committed to go to Kinesis college in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents at that same time were moving from rapid city to Frederick, Maryland. And so my thought process was, all right, I'm just going to be closer to family out here. Sure. Um, Buffalo to Frederick, that that made a little more sense. Yeah, and um, so we were home. It was the summer in Rapid City, and uh, I got a phone call from Hunt. Hunt's like, "Hey man, did you sign yet?" I'm like, yeah. I mean, I got the letter. It's right here. I just need to mail it. But yeah, man, I'm going to Kinesis. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Don't send it." I'm like, what he What do you mean? He's like, "Don't send it. You, you need to come to Auggie. Come to Augie. Play with Sebo and I." get the crew back together it would be a blast man don't do that Wow just give me give me a second let me have Brett, let me have uh, coach McCabe call you so coach McCabe called said yeah I mean how much time you willing I mean can you give me 48 hours and see what we can do I don't even know if we can do anything and so he got back to me the next day and he's like yeah I'll put you in contact with Borgie and uh, old, Borgie. <laughs> old Borgie the magician. Um, Yeah. And, uh, so the rest is history, I guess that's, I
0: I changed my mind, decided to go play with, uh, with you boys. So the, so just the appeal of like getting together, getting back with, you know, some post 22 friends and people you grew up with, um, was what drew you there?
1: You know, I think so. You know, it's so hard to say. I mean, I was, such an immature kid at the time i was blown in the wind i really didn't have like uh, a strong mentor in my life outside my dad but my dad you know he he never played sports in his life and um he did the best he could but man i just i I didn't have any guidance i was just blown in the wind it sounded good at the time
0: sure sure i mean dude weren't we all you know (laughs) when we're 18 19 20 years old like None of us know, you know, left from right, up from down, dude. Um, So (laughs) our decision-making process at that (laughs) age was quite flawed, without a doubt. Um, But why was SDSU or Brookings not the place? Um, You know, and I I ask that because, you know, Ross and I, you know, he's been on um, and we've talked about it and just how important it is to finding the place that, you know, is your, like, it feels like home, right? Where you feel like you can be most successful. So I'm just curious um, what it was about that that kind of like made you be like, man, this just ain't it for me. Yeah. You know, it, when you know, you know. Right.
1: Um, the the guys were great. Um, all yeah. those guys. Uh, I, I still keep in contact with a few of them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the team was fine. Coach Eklund was great. Uh, It just wasn't – you know, I just knew this isn't where I should be. I just – I knew I wasn't where I wanted to be and where I should be. Yeah. So, Yeah. I got to play that year. You know, it wasn't anything on the field. Uh, I even played second base. I started at second base a few times for him. But, yeah, it um, ended up being the right decision.
0: Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. So, was there any trepidation, like, saying, I'm going to go to Augie, knowing, like, you know, hey, an hour south (laughs) – um i'm gonna go play for essentially their rival and face these dudes you know four four times a year if not more yeah i mean there was some of that
1: um for sure like i couldn't wait to face mausel um
0: and uh yeah yeah there's some of that i bet i bet lord knows that would have been for me like oh shit (laughs) you know whether whether like trepidation or you know i can't wait to like you know, go four for four off of them or shut them out, whatever it might be, whatever position you're with.
1: Yeah, in. and around that time, the Brookings Cubbies uh, in amateur ball in South Dakota, um, they were good, and they were making it to the state tournament. They were winning state championships, and one year we lost to Brookings Cubbies in the state championship, and it was primarily SDSU guys, right? Right. Um, and I was playing with Rapid City Greg, so, yeah, I mean, there's no love loss between uh, Rapid and Brookings
0: guys, that's for sure. So you, so you signed, uh, or decided to come to Augie sight unseen. Would that be mm-hmm. accurate? Yes. So when you get there, what's going through your head, right? Um, cause it was all I ever knew. Right. And it was interesting to hear Brian talk about going from, you know, uh, the big 12 and playing for Nebraska and flying on planes and getting all the gear you wanted to go into Augie and you know, having to sell T-shirts to fundraise and riding in 15 <laughs> passenger vans and all that shit. So, like, what was it like for you when you walk in and, you know, you're kind of looking around, checking everything out, seeing the team? Like, what's what's going through your head?
1: You know what? Like, uh, I here's what I remember. Uh, the first couple days of practice, I just remember thinking, damn, w- we're pretty good. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Sure. I didn't know anybody other than Hunt and SIBO and HOF. And um, I mean, I'd heard about a few guys, but th- that's it. Like I didn't have any expectations. I was just, I was kind of going in like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta try to earn a spot. Yeah. You know? And then when, after the first couple days of practice, it was like,
0: damn, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> Let's go. Absolutely. I, was, I mean, that was in like, I, so I came from a, you know, not a baseball traditional town. Um, and we had some mild success, but you know, really not a lot of like collegiate baseball players in the area. Um, and so when I got there, I remember kind of, kind of almost having the same feeling just like, Holy shit. Like it's a, it's a team of guys who can play, like play well, right? Like everybody can play, but you know, they play well, like the, the footwork's good. The hands are smooth. You know, the, the ball pops a little more, the, everybody swings a little harder, all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, just kind of being blown away by that, and then, you know, after about a week, you kind of okay. Well, I belong here too, and you know, off we go, and you know, you just start the grind and and the climb to to figuring out where you're going to be uh, in that in that hierarchy uh, of of your team and how you're going to fit in. So so you know you you you're kind of taking it all in. Okay, yeah, we got a shot. Like, what was did you feel like comfortable right away? Right. Like coming in yeah. as an outsider, even, I know you knew Hofe and Sibo uh, and hunt and all those, and those guys, but you know, was there ever any, and I hope not. Right. I guess I'm asking that. Like, I hope that was not the case. <laughs> like, I hope you didn't feel like you weren't an outsider, but I don't know. Like anytime you walk into a new situation, there's always a little bit of that for me. Like, how am I going to fit in here? Um, did you ever feel any of those anxieties or, just like, nah, man, we're all connected by ball and off we go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt that way. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but Hope and I lived so far off campus. We actually lived like two doors down from Coach McCabe. Oh, um,
0: cats, that's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we were, you know, because we were so far off campus, um, that made it a little more difficult, uh, especially that first semester. I was, man. I was just trying to fit in, right? Yeah. Just trying to figure out like, Hey, these guys have been playing together. Um, where do I fit in this process? Um, and really all I was trying to do is just, you know, I was the new guy coming in right out of junior college, mm-hmm. rapid city boy, quote unquote, right. Whatever. Yeah. So you're trying to like, okay, well, these guys expect me to perform. I got to perform. So
0: I was doing everything I could to fit in and, and do what I was asked. Yeah, I mean, I know it was interesting to hear Andy uh, talk about how threatened he felt when you and Hofer arrived. Um, Like, I don't know if I ever felt like, well, obviously I was a pitcher, so there's that. But I didn't know that that there was this air uh, around you two coming in and people being like, oh, shit, like, they're here to take my job. Right. Um, and you know, when you're 18, 19, I think it's natural if, if like if had they brought in some Juco pitchers that, you know, I'm sure that would have gone through my head as well. But as an adult, now you, you look back and you realize, God, that's, it's kind of a silly thing to think when in reality you should be thinking like, man, here's two more studs that we were able to get to help us, you know, take these next steps um, so it was, it's interesting to hear Andy say that, right. And then be like, Oh no, like these guys are, you know, these big junior, junior college guys are coming in to take my job. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about, uh, and I don't, I'm not sure I have a question, but like, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. I find that fascinating, right. That like, that's some people's mindsets in those situations. But again, I think it's just natural when you're 18, 19 years old. And as you said, right. Like just trying to fit in and, you know, be a part of the team. Yeah. Crazy how shock headed Andy, say that too. Right?
1: I didn't know that was there. I um, didn't either. Like,
0: to me, like, he was like, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. What What do you got to worry about? That was my first thought.
0: Like, right. dude, what are you concerned about? <laughs> that's what was going through my head it was like, when he said that, I was like, holy cats, man. Like, to me, you're well, biting and scratching
1: for time, man. You're the only one that's locked into the three hole. Like, you're in the lineup day in, day out.
0: Right. That, that But, hey, like, that's the mindset, I think, that some people have to have sure. and or have, you know, to, to achieve that is they always feel like, you know, anybody is coming to take my job. And they never feel safe. They never feel secure, which probably leads them to, you know, work harder and, you know, continue that grind. So, oh, golly. But, so you were way off campus. Kind of just yeah. keeping the story moving, and then next year you decide to—I uh, don't know if it was a good decision on your part or—or or, or you thought like, "Oh, what am I getting myself into?" But you decide to jump into a house with uh, me, Ross, Ryan, Andy. Uh, who who else was there? Dino and was D- yeah, I guess yeah. Dino. Oh, and Oakland. Oh right. Yep. In Oakland, so we had six dudes in a house that maybe slept four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Like, what?
1: Maybe had four on the lease. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: <for sure>. What <laughs> went through your head, like saying, "Yeah, let's do this"? Were you just like, "This is going to be awesome," or I need to be closer to campus, and I'll take it?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I think it was all, I think it was a combination of both. <laughs> right? Like, I hated being so far away from everybody. Um, and I just want to be a part of the boys, you know, I really hadn't had that point, that type of experience yet in, uh, college baseball. So, um, yeah, man, I, I just want to be close to campus. I want to hang out with you guys, talk baseball, do baseball, and just enjoy
0: being, uh, college athletes, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I'll enjoy hanging out on the weekends together and, uh, <laughs> taking in an afternoon ball game very politely. Yeah. Um, right. Do you remember moving in? Yeah. To that I do. house? Like, because you got there like a week before us, right? Yeah, I did. I was
1: staying. I was in Maryland for the summer. Um, and I came back a week ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, I had like everything I owned with me. Um. Yeah, I got there a week early. We didn't have keys. Something was going on. Like, we either had a key or didn't have a key, but we were paying rent, couldn't, couldn't track down, read. Um,
0: yeah, man, it was a mess. We'd paid rent all summer. Yeah, we did. We we signed the lease and paid rent all summer and come, you know, so we gave him like three months to get the house ready from from what I remember. And yeah, you'd moved in a week early and then the rest of us all kind of like show up and... The house is still in disrepair and just dirty and, you know, don't have keys. I I, I thought I told, I, I know I told Ross, I thought that your stuff got stolen. And yeah. I don't know if I made that up or not. but You did not. <laughs> That's yes. What I, I had like, um,
1: half my clothes were stolen. What the um, hell? Yeah. Um, like my winter jacket, my boots, all kinds of stuff, man. Just like stuff personal belongings half of it was gone um
0: christ <laughs> what a shit yeah, show and were you were you in the room when my dad uh yelled at reed
1: <laughs> yes okay. and when i was listening to the podcast with Ross man i was sitting <laughs> at the airport in gainesville florida and i was like about ready to fall out of the chair i was laughing so hard uh, just listening to you two walk through that because <laughs> it was epic scenario. It was
0: such a <laughs> such a ridiculous scene that you got this like grown ass man yelling at like nineteen year olds and saying like my girlfriend's down here and then my dad like flying in <laughs> out of nowhere towering over him and I, like all I could think of in my head was well my dad and I are going to beat up a grown man and this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Can't wait to see hey, how this shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. So dumb. Um. Yeah. So like, you know, that and then that was – because that was your senior year, right? Um. Yes, that was my last playing season. And yep. then, so you know, that kind of like wraps up your, you know, your your baseball playing career. Um. You know, what were your like big takeaways of like? being able to play baseball, you know, that competitively in high school, you know, the experiences you got in college, do you have any like mind altering or, you know, mind breaking (laughs) like thoughts on it or just like, man, it was a hell of a fucking ride.
1: Yeah. I mean, my only takeaway was that that's exactly what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted nothing more than to play baseball as long as I could. And I did, um, I, I maxed out. Right. Like that's, yeah, I got as far as I could go. And um, and I had a blast doing it. Um, so no, nothing, nothing like earth shattering. I'm thankful for all the people that I met along the way. Like, you know, man, there's so many people that come in and out of your life. And um, I'm thankful I grew up in Rapid City. Um, I'm thankful that I ha- I grew up in that program. Mm -hmm. you know, that post 22 taught me how to deal with different situations in college, you know, coming in as the new guy and you got to earn your spot. doesn't matter if you're coming in as a Juco guy, like, so what? Everybody's at zero go. Yeah. Um, so though, no, I'm just, I mean, at that point in my life, I was, I was thankful for the, for the
0: ride. Um, but I was ready to move on. I was ready to get, get things started. For sure. For sure. So what were your like favorite memories Of playing baseball, I find this question fascinating um, because I know what my answer is. So, like, what what about for you? Man, I've got so many.
1: You know, you always had some cool little league. Everybody's got cool little league stories. Just go down to the, just (laughs) listen to a few dads at the at the field. They'll give you some. Um, Like, (laughs) oh yeah, high school. You know, in high school, I think the cool coolest experience was um, you know making it to the World Series. Uh, both in '95 and '96, that was cool. Um, and then in college, um, like I would say, just like I remember certain plays, certain certain instances, mm-hmm. uh, hitting a ho- game tying home run against Mazzol at Augie. I remember that. Um, you know that. I think you and Ross were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Like I remember more experiences with the boys, just us hanging out. Um, you know, whether Absolutely. it's a crappy hotel in Homestead, Florida, or <laughs> me and Ross riding in the front of the van, driving somewhere through the through the Central Valley in California, trying to figure out where the hell we're going. Yeah, um, you know, just uh, those are. I remember that stuff far better than any anything on the field.
0: Yeah, same man. Like that's what it is for me. Um, you know, I remember like everybody else's big you know, stand out, you know, like performances and games like that stuff sticks out to me just because I was, uh, I, I always felt like I was so invested in how everybody else was doing. You know, obviously I remember doing things. Um, but I like, those aren't the things that pop in my head when I think about playing, you know, college baseball or playing, you know, whatever sport it was in high school, it's always the dumb stuff that, you know, kind of, is burned into your memory. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that trip to Florida was absurd, right? Like, the first hotel we stay in, we end up, like, leaving because there's bullet holes in the windows, and then we stay at, like, essentially (laughs) a worse one. (laughs) (laughs) God, like, if our parents knew where we were, they would have been like, absolutely not. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the stuff, man. It's all those memories that, you know, I'm just so thankful that I was able to Essentially, acquire right uh, along the way, um, and I think for me, like uh, so much of like the the athletic performances, um, they just get lost in the shuffle because there's so many. Like there was just so many games. There's so many times you're you're in the heat of in, in the heat of battle and like doing something, and you know it's it's easy to forget about them because it happens so often. But you know those hilarious yeah. stories, like those those don't. And, you know, you cherish those, especially, especially now, you know, as an adult and you got your own kids and you're living your life and you realize like how hard those are to come by now, you know, like Mm -hmm. how much work goes into getting together with friends and like getting out and, you know, being able to like make more memories. Um, that, That Those are the things personally that I hold on to more than anything. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, man, I, I want to go back, and we were talking about what was it like when I first got to Augie, the first couple practices, um, and I know you don't remember this, but you were you were one of the first dudes to actually introduce yourself to me. Um, All right. Like, on yeah, like a shame, just, hey, what's up, man? I'm Jeff. <laughs> you know, just kind of the... Hey, we're friends now, right? Yeah, for so sure. Like the deal and I'm like, oh, awesome. Cool, man. Let's go. <laughs> You're right. We are. Um, so that's one thing, man, I always appreciated about you. Um, you were always in tune. Like, if I was off, you could feel it. I remember that about you. Like, if I was having a bad day on the field, off the field, shit, even if I was sick. Like, you, you were always in tune to what we were all doing. And, and you had this sense of, um, you know, just kind of like, um, you were a good shepherd of your flock. That's what I'll say. Um, appreciate so that. I appreciated that at that time in my life. Cause man, I didn't have anybody like that. And, uh, so that
0: was, I appreciate it. I want, that. I
1: wanted to get that in cause that, you know, I've been thinking about this leading up to the call and I'm like, man, yeah, that's, I don't know if I've ever had a friend like Jeff since then. <laughs> No joke.
0: No joke. That's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah.
1: It's crazy, That's a, man. I, I don't know. We could dive into that on a whole another podcast, but,
0: um, yeah. So, yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, and I don't know why, uh, first, you know, appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, as I've gotten older, I, I think I've realized like how much I've always valued my friends and like how they're doing and like, you know, I want, and, and maybe part of it's cause like I was always a mental basket case that, um, I wanted to make sure others weren't, <laughs> um, whatever yeah. that might be. Right. So if like somebody, I, I don't know. Right. But I just, I, 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 always, I realize so much now that I get so much out of the relationships that matter to me. That's where all my energy goes right? Like if you don't know me, um, a lot of people just think I'm an asshole because I don't pour, (laughs) I don't pour that into them. You know what I mean? But if, if you're part of my circle, whatever that circle is, you know, you get all of, you know, all of it. And I want everybody there, right? Like whatever that is, wherever we're at, I want to make sure we're all there and we're all doing all right. And, um, I hope like my kids, do the same thing. Right. Um, we've all had those friends that are like the glue. Um, mm-hmm. and I've, I've never thought of myself as that. I always have thought like there were others that were glue, um, that kind of like draw drew us together. But I know like I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like my friends mean the world to me. Um, you know, obviously my family and my wife does as well, but it, that's the stuff to me that matters, right? Like my, professional life i could i mean obviously yeah. i want to succeed but um you know uh, jobs come and go you know and you you can change careers right. at the drop of a hat if you wanted to uh it's a, it's all about relationships it's one of those things that you know i feel like i've really gotten more in tune with uh and part of why i wanted to do this it's one of my big reasons is just being able to reconnect with everybody and um bring some joy into into my life more joy into my life and hopefully you know to theirs as well so i appreciate you saying that man that's awesome yeah yeah
1: selfless you put other people first and your kids are lucky um that that they've got a dad man that 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 lives that out and um i just think
0: it's awesome means a lot Um, means a lot mitch i appreciate you saying that brother um so so you graduate right like in uh lord knows like i went through a now what <laughs> phase you know <laughs> like especially when you're so much of your identity and who you are and you know what you're doing is wrapped up in this thing what was going through your head like did you have this like yeah i'm gonna graduate college i'm gonna go be uh you know uh, whatever it was, you're going to be, you know, a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. I don't know. Right. But like, did you have a plan after or were you just winging it? Dude, totally winging it.
1: (laughs) Um, I had no plan. Um, I had no mentor. I had not, I had no one to guide me. Um, And I wasn't smart enough to, uh, or nobody had ever recommended like, Hey, why don't you reach out and try to find a mentor, figure out where it is that you want to go. And then, find somebody that's there and that's your mentor. Like I, I have no idea um, yeah. where I wanted to go. Now I married somebody who was very clear on where she wanted to go and yeah. what she was going to do. Um And that's, you know, that was the next step for, for me. Uh, once I graduated, you know, JC and I got married, mm-hmm. um, in May of 2002 and, uh, we, we were off to University of Montana. That's where she went to law school. So we were off to Missoula in three months. And, uh,
0: man, I had no plan. I, I didn't know. Yeah, No just, clue what I wanted to do. Just, just try to figure it out on the fly, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's also, That's kind of like how we, like, I don't know. I grew up in, uh, in a world of, you know, you graduate, go get a job, work there for 40 years, and retire. Like, and any job that gives you stability is, is a great career path to take, not what are you passionate about? You know, what do you want to be doing with your life? Like those weren't the conversations that I had with my dad, you know, it was it was just find something stable and just go do it. Yeah. Um, yep. which as a 22 year old is, I don't know for me was incredibly depressing <laughs> like coming out of like such a fun period of your life to think all right now i just got to go to work for the rest of my life and yep. i don't know what i want to do so i'll try this i'll get you know and, was, ugh. and that a lot of that like that went into just as much as uh other things but that was a big part of like i got to be doing something more and so Fuck it! I'm gonna go serve my country. Like that seems like something I can do, and I could succeed at. So like I just took off on it, but not going down that path. Like how did you navigate that personally? Like trying to figure out what the hell you wanted to do.
1: So here's what here's what ended up happening. I um, I don't know if you remember this guy, but um, Jim Clark. He was the managing partner for Principal Financial Group he would come by every now and then and quote unquote donate a bucket of balls yeah. and he'd always drop it off at practice. And, um, in exchange coach McCabe, I don't know if any of this is legal, but in exchange, uh, coach McCabe would just let him hang out. Right. So we're hanging around the cage and he asked me, Hey Messer, what are you doing when you're done? Have no idea. Why don't you come work for me at principal financial group? Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Don't know anything about it. Right. But it's a job. So, um, and he's like, okay, cool. While you're doing your tests, while you're doing your studying, because you got to do a bunch of them, uh, what do you think about coaching my son's uh, junior legion team? You know, pay seven hundred fifty bucks for the summer. You can study, coach, get all that knocked out when the season's over. With hit the ground running with principal. So, yep, sign me up. That sounds great. Um, so that's that's kind of how the coaching journey began for me. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, jeez, I feel like I helped you a little bit there. At what was it, post (laughs) fifteen? Yeah, still got the shirt. Helped me a lot. I still got the shirt. Um, Yeah, that was that was a fun little summer. Like, I I enjoyed that, and I never thought I wanted anything to do with coaching. But I remember enjoying like teaching kids how to like do something cool. (laughs) <laughs> in my opinion you know like here's how you throw yeah. a slider i could never do it but this is what all my friends say what you need to do right um yeah i, I don't know i took a lot I, I, I had a lot of fun doing that and you know obviously i wasn't the head coach so it was a little more relaxing for me and i didn't feel any pressure whatsoever <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not sure I did either, but
0: <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a blast.
1: Hey man, do you remember like that summer we started off? zero and 15 or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't great. Um, I remember you and I were sitting on a bucket in Yankton, and, and we were, you know, whatever, zero and 14, maybe at that point, and I was about ready to kick the bucket on the field. I was so mad. And, uh, <laughs> I remember looking at you, going, "Man, I don't think I'm any good at this." <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think I think we're not very good coaches. I think we're better at players. Um, but that team, man, that was a, that was a fun summer because they really picked it up and they turned it around. And uh, we, I think we
0: played for the state championship. Is that right? Oh man, I don't Against remember that. Yankton. Maybe it's possible. Um, yeah I, yeah, I just remember like, you know, driving the kids around, you know, <laughs> I, I, that's the, again, I, I don't remember the games very much. Like I remember, you know, <laughs> hanging out with everybody and like trying to make it fun or as best you can. And so maybe I'd blocked out. zero and 15. <laughs> oh, uh, oh man.
1: Yeah. We were not very good. And man, I was a fiery coach. Just terrible temper i remember this uh, here here's here's another great story so uh we're it's now like a swimming pool but we're playing at the city park in sioux falls and we're playing yankton and we're just getting waxed and they're just out they're like more importantly we're getting out coached andy bernatow who uh, is now the athletic director at mount marty he was a head baseball coach at Mount Marty for a long time. But Andy was coaching this team, and he was just waxing us. And we were getting out coached. And I went down. They had this tin garbage can. And I just started kicking the shit out of this garbage can. <laughs> and I remember that, like, I can still picture your face. I remember looking at you, and you're, you had this expression on your face like, oh,
0: oh okay (laughs) all right we're taking this that serious got it (laughs) yeah exactly that's yeah it's probably what i was like okay this matters okay my bad uh yeah yeah i just didn't like getting
1: you know i knew that the other guy the other coach was just he was out coaching us yeah that that didn't sit well
0: no no but was that like a spark because you then didn't you go coach in rapid Eventually?
1: No. Well, eventually, yeah. So, uh, JC and I, uh, after we got married in May, we moved to Missoula, Montana. Yep. In August, and that's where she started law school. And halfway through the year, uh, she got awarded a summer uh, clerking job at the end of her first year of law school in Great Falls, Montana, clerking for a federal judge. So. Yes. It was like, what, three hours away from Missoula's, three hours away from Great Falls. So she was going to have to be there from like Monday through Thursday and then drive back on Friday. And there was that discussion, right? Like, what are you going to do? Is everything going to be all right? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'll just go get another job. I mean, at that point, we we're broke. So yeah. I'll just get another job. And in 2002, 2003, if you wanted a job, you opened up the newspaper, right? Yep. <laughs> and you went to the classifieds. And it was all in alphabetical order. And near the top, it said baseball coach. I was like, oh, shoot, I've done that. Looked it up, called them, submitted my resume, and I got a coaching job. And uh, so my first job in Montana was coaching the Bitterroot Bucks. The Bitterroot Bucks. A, Bitterroot Bucks. Wow. Yeah. I'd like to see that so happen. It's, yeah, it's the Bitterroot Valley. So it's the same valley. If, are you a Yellowstone fan? You watch that show? Yeah, I've seen it. So it's the same valley that that's, that film was filmed in. Um, wow. Just had some, had some great kids, had some good teams, um, started to have a little bit of success. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of progressed from there. We, we, we moved to Bozeman, Montana when JC graduated from law school. Or I'm sorry, yeah, when she graduated from law school. I got the head coaching job in Bozeman um, at the had high school? a lot of success there. Um, at the high school. I mean, there's a, yes. Okay. Yep. Very cool. So yeah, it, it, um, I always mm-hmm. did other things in my life just to make sure that I could keep coaching. Yeah. Um, it was sometime when we were living in Missoula where, um, I made that decision and it was apparent like, Hey, I, I think I want to do this. Uh, I think I want to be a baseball coach. Okay. Um, uh, the trick was, I was living in Missoula, Montana, so not exactly fertile ground for
0: uh, young, expi- young aspiring baseball coaches. Yeah, it's not a mecca uh, by any stretch of baseball. No. <laughs> no. Um. So, so how long were you there? How long were you there? How long were you guys both there doing that? Prior yeah. to going to where you're at now, right? Because I want to know. So about we spent to. Yeah, sure. So we spent
1: three years in Missoula. Um, and then in we, uh, 2006, we moved to Bozeman, Montana. Okay. And, uh, JC got a job there working for the public defender. Uh, I was still at Wells Fargo home mortgage. I was in the mortgage game. Um, but I, more importantly for me at the time, I was, I was the head coach for, uh, the Bozeman Legion team that is their high school. Right. So, okay. yep. um, and that's a program who they had never won a state championship. They never even won a conference championship. Um, really kind of known as an organization that underperformed. Sure. So, um, you know, they took a chance on a young kid like me and, uh, I saw it as an opportunity to, and there's nowhere but up. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we went in guns, guns blazing. Um, won the first step we, we won their first state championship, uh, our second year. Nice. Uh, we ended up a game away from the world series. Dang. And, uh, so yeah, that was a nice run. Uh, and that really started to kind of put the program on the map. Uh, financially it was starting to become, um, you know, something, something different than what it was before where you, you know, you're trying to figure out how to feed kids on the road. Sure. After year two, you know, um, those conversations changed. So, uh, year two, we hosted a regional, uh, played in a regional. So things were progressing pretty well. I had an awesome staff. Um, Dan McKinney and Ryan Johnerson, Matt Bearfield. Um, I don't know what I would have done without those guys. Um, you know, it's, it's having a good coaching staff is just the same as having a, having good teammates. Right? Oh, like sure. when, you're on a, when you're on a team and it's just a bunch of dudes that are really selfish, um, just not good teammates, it just doesn't work well, right? Everybody's miserable. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that I never had that experience. I always had really good dudes that were with me on that journey. And um, we always saw the game the same way. Uh, and when we didn't, they weren't afraid to challenge. And it was just, it was a
0: lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, and so how long were you guys there? Mm -hmm. We were in Bozeman for four years. Um,
1: and it was the end of 2009 at the end of that 2009 season. I actually took the team down to rapid city and played in a tournament. Um, and we beat rapid city. We beat them twice. Um, so at the end of the end of the season, uh, coach blue called and started asking questions about when you're moving back. Yeah. Um, you know, we started having those conversations. Um, you, I, you know, coach Kloof, um, and I don't know that anybody can figure that guy out or ever did. Um, but that, that conversation took me back a little bit, kind of like, man, I, people used to ask me all the time, are you going to go back and coach and rapid? Would you ever go back and coach and rapid? Sure. Um, and my answer was always a hard no like, no, no, I'm good. This is, this is kind of our deal now, you know? It's, yes. Yeah. It's, um, but when he called, um, and kind of laid it out there, it was like, okay, well I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, if certain things can, can happen on our end, you know, we owned a home. Uh, we actually owned two homes in Montana at that time. And, um, so things just lined up. It worked out. Uh, I accepted the position. I was going to be. A, I was a full time baseball coach in Rapid City, and uh, I was going to be his assistant, one of his assistant coaches. Yeah. And so that's that's how we got back to Rapid City. Yeah. Um, and that's right around the same time my my second daughter was born. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I was an assistant coach for Coach Blue for two years, mm-hmm. and. Um, 2012, uh, was a difficult year. Um, 2011, 2012, there was some, you know, Coach Plouffe had been there 47 years. He was post 22. Everything you can think of about post 22 is, is Coach Plouffe. Sure. I mean, the man won 2,800 games and I think he lost 1200, you know, something crazy. I mean, his 2,800 wins. Um, he'd been there 47 years. It's wild. It's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, it, you know, he was he was, he was was getting up there in his age. Um, he was almost 80. And uh, the board was ready to move on. Um, and there was some talk, you know, among all the assistant coaches, who's going to want to take it, yeah. who wants to take a run at it, who doesn't. Um, and at that time, all the other assistant coaches in the program are guys I played for. Like, they literally coached me, and wow. now I'm coaching with them. And then when this went down, they all gave me the vote of confidence. They're like, nope, we think Mitch is the guy. Wow. Um, so, and it was a very public situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there were a lot of th- – because Coach Paloof wasn't ready to go. Interesting. Um, and the board essentially pushed him out um, and – there was some, there was a view in the community that the assist, that the assistants teamed up and pushed them out. And there's a lot of different um, things that were happening at that time um, that were very public, um, and so that was that was a tough time. But went through the interview process, um, ran up against candidates from Rapid City that played professionally, guys that didn't play in Rapid City that played professionally, and I I was. A, I was given the head coaching position in 2012. So um, that that really kind of changed everything for us
0: as a family and um, kind of set us on a new course. I bet, right? I mean, I can't, you know, no one wants to be the guy who follows it. You know, generally, people don't want to be the guy who follows a legend. Right. Because that's really hard to live up to, just the expectations um, it, you know, always being compared to. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that that was definitely a ca- a thing there. If you're, you know, if you're saying like how public this was and there was like, you know, different stories flying around, uh, the community about, you know, getting pushed out and whatnot. I, I imagine there was a probably a healthy amount of that being thrown your way. A lot. Um, <laughs> And I, I mean, it's
1: the next thing that I'm going to tell you about um, that went very public. That was harder to deal with. Still, still kind of is, which is weird. Um, but yeah, that was that was difficult. It was difficult on our family. Um, you know, I was I was portrayed by a lot of our season ticket holders. I mean, you're you're talking about a community that's got. um you know, 16, 1700 season ticket holders for a, for a high school Legion program. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a totally different animal. So um, yeah, it was difficult. Um, people that I had known in rapid city, people that supported me as a player, longtime fans Yeah. who who were now like my enemies, like actively working to undermine me. So um. Yeah, it was crazy, and it was like, man, all I want to do is just—I just, uh, I, I just want to coach and help these guys and get this program back to where it was, and that was really all I wanted. And uh, but I knew I was called to do it. Um, I don't know why. Um, you know, I—I I did not hear the audible voice of God, um, but but I felt it, and yeah. um, I knew that's exactly where I was supposed to be.
0: So God, wait, um, I can't imagine a lot of really you know, good lessons were learned. I bet. I bet, man. I can't imagine um that. Right? Like because I would I would assume, uh, and maybe I shouldn't, but you know, getting the opportunity to go back to or helm your your high school team, you know, the team that you played for that you had, you know, probably a ton of respect and admiration for, and, you know, just love, like there was probably a ton of excitement that like, man, I, I can't wait to do this. And then to be, uh, you know, treated like that or to be met with that. Right. It's like, why did, why do we have to do that? You know what I mean? Like why? And it's unfortunately it permeates a lot of sport, you know, like every sport now, like parents, community you know with their two cents you know it's the armchair quarterbacking all this bullshit um that's i that has to sour (laughs) that experience almost instantly uh at least i know it would for me Like, like man this was not what i wanted to be doing not that i not that i would have expected to be hailed as a hero or anything like that right but at least give me some support you know
1: Yeah. Or, you know, I I know for me personally, I'm, I'm opening up here. I'm not sure I've ever shared this publicly. Um, but for me, it was like, just give me a chance. Yeah. You know, um, and it's in, and I would try my best in interviews to kind of say like, Hey, this is, you know, it's still post 22, but it's going to look different. Um, it's not, we're we're not going to manage the same way as coach blue. it's just, and that's okay. Like we're, we're still going to find ways to win. For sure, uh, it's just going to look different, and um, yeah, it was it was good though, man. I, I learned a ton about leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, very expensive experience uh, about leadership and how to manage a lot of different parties. Um, you know, it's people know this. People in South Dakota know this, but it's Post Twenty Two is very much like a college program, yeah. and and maybe even run much higher than a college program you have you have a a couple different entities that you need to be cognizant of as a head coach in rapid city you have the booster club Mm -hmm. which is alumni (laughs) okay so you have all these dudes that came through you got to manage your alumni you got to manage the city relationship you got to manage the relationship with the american legion and of course uh the parents which is always uh can be a challenge so Mm -hmm. it was um for me and our family um it was an interesting time i would say i would label that season of our life growth we were we were growing
0: yeah and, and i mean you can get into as much or as little as you want but like what made you walk from that walk away from that
1: in in 2000 well so i mean we had Um, the first year was, uh, in 2012 and that season was okay. I think we won 45, something like that. We didn't win state, uh, 2013 is where things started to click and we started building the machine and we rattled off four in a row. Um, and we finished, uh, again, made it to the championship of the national regional twice and got beat, uh, in the previous years since 2017 rolls around, and we've got a really nice club, um, and we get through the regular season, and we're fifty-one and seven. Yeah, we're fifty-one and seven. Wow. Um, and and I knew I had a really good club. I knew I was going to have to take us out. So we w- we traveled all over the place to try to play good teams, get challenged. Yeah. We went to Pullman, Washington, and we went down to Denver quite a bit. Of course, to do the Omaha thing um, and Twin Cities, mm-hmm. but. Um, You know, when we were doing things in the offseason because we had some good, we had some nice players to just increase competition. So we were good. And uh, we hosted a state tournament that that summer and we got beat at home. Didn't even make it to the championship game. So, um, you know, there was a lot of discussion after that season. Uh, I got called in by the board, Uh, they wanted to discuss what happened. Um, it's like, gosh, I don't, you know, we went 51 and nine. That's what happened. Um, just so happened. We lost with two of them this last weekend. Yeah. We just, we, we picked the worst time to not play good baseball. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, the, the, those two summers, 17 and 16, I had players get kicked off the team for doing drugs. Oof. And in both years, there were key, they were key players. Yeah. Um, and, and that was hard to kind of bounce back from, but the kids did a great job. Sure. So at the end of the 17th season, when I you know, I got called into a board meeting, um, man, it was just like, I, I just, I remember at one point looking at the president going, Hey, do you feel like it's time for me to go?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the room went silent and he looked at me and he's like, I'm not sure I can answer that. And for me, that was just like permission to go, okay, yeah. I think I'm done. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for me to go.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. You, you don't get that immediate no, right? Like that's what you're looking Like, do you still support me or no? I can't answer that. Well, come on now. Like, just be yeah. honest. You know what I mean? That's what would be going through my head. Like, just give me a straight answer. It's it. I'm asking you man to man or man to woman, whatever it might be. And just be, be straightforward with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, that's the trick
0: with parent boards
1: um, is unfortunately there's going to be some, some emotions uh, brought into those decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, I, I mean, we, we, as a coach, you always get to the end of the season and you reflect and you go, man, where did I mess up and what can I do better? Yeah. I think most of us do that, right, no matter what we're doing. Um, and we definitely got to the end of the 2017 season and and we had some regrets on how we did things. You know, I guess in uh, 2017, there were some guys when we were in Pullman. Um, I'd had these guys for a long time. This was like my third year with them on varsity. Um, so there was a level of trust that I had. Yeah. Um, and there was a night where I was like, okay, you guys are on your own for dinner. Um, and I think we had maxed our budget for the day too, but, uh, like, go ahead. Uh, Um, you guys are on your own for dinner tonight. Uh, just make sure you're back by nine, you know, the whole deal room checks at 10, et cetera. And apparently there were some guys that snuck out and it was Washington. So you can get weed and, uh, Guy snuck out, got some weed, took advantage of the liberty I gave him. Yeah. I didn't know about it until the end of the season, which kind of added some insult to injury. But Sure. Um, you know, that's that's my bad. Ultimately, that's, that's on me as a head coach. Um, and there were some within the program that were like, man, that stuff can't happen, and I don't disagree with them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, at that point – in our family life, um, you know, the kids were starting to get to that age. JC was kind of giving me the look, like, "Yeah, I think I think we're done with this." Um, and I was feeling that way too. Sure, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of work,
0: and it was pretty draining emotionally. Sure. So, um, yeah, moved on. And then, and so then you from that, then did you move to Arizona? Yeah, shortly after that, we moved to Arizona okay 2018 so like i i wanted i wanted to ask this question right because around that i mean, it had to be around that time you had put something out on facebook and it was kind of cryptic i didn't you know there weren't details but just about like taking a leap and like you know this next step on your journey and so on and so forth and you know i think i i reached out i was like not sure where you're going what you're doing but you know <laughs> go get it, man. Like, you know, all the best. So like, what was that? Right. What, like, if you can expand upon that, what took you down to Arizona? Um, and what is this next stage of your journey? Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: man, we took a leap of faith as a family. Yeah. Uh, JC at that time was working for her family. Um, and she quit working there. I resigned as a coach and we decided to just sell everything we had and moved to Arizona. And um my best friend from high school, Dustin Viecamp, I'm not sure if you remember Dustin. The name's but, familiar. Um, <clears throat> he lived down here and he had an agency, a life insurance agency. And he'd been recruiting me for years uh to come down and work with him and and build his agency. And I'd been in the insurance business off and on while I was coaching. Um, And so I still had my license and I had some experience. So we're like, you know what, let's go for it. So we sold it, you know, let's see. um, Morgan was 10, Maeve was 7, and Matic was 5. And so they were kind of at that age where if we're going to make a move, now's the time to do it. Um, You know, as soon as Morgan gets into junior high, middle school, You know that's not when you want to move your kids, right? So we went for it. Um, We drove down in just we just had two cars, man. We rolled into Phoenix, had a temporary rental, didn't even have a long term rental, and uh, we just took a a tremendous leap of faith. Um, I put all my eggs into that one basket, working for uh, with Dustin, yeah, uh, American Income Life, and I was it was a commission only job. Oof. No salary. and I was the only one working. So
0: um, yeah, I just I got out there and hustled. I mean, wow, but like to do that like independently is is a massive leap. Um, how, much does, how much did you guys like wrestle with that, or was it just kind of you knew? And like, we got to go, we got to go do something else. We got to go start whatever our next chapter is going to be. I mean, I can't, look, like our kids are nine and seven, right? Like if, if Mm -hmm. I told my wife, Hey, uh, or she told me like, we're going to, we're going to pick everything up and go somewhere else. (laughs) The amount of anxiety I would have would be off the charts. (laughs) So I can't imagine like what went into that, like from, like how much discussion went into that on your, uh, between you and JC? A lot. Um, and, you know,
1: I mean, at that point we'd been married 17 years. Yeah. Um, and so at different times in our lives, we just kind of had like, I'm done with this. i we need to move on. We need to, you know, shift gears and whether it was, you know, careers or buying a house, you know, whatever, just sure. life, life yeah. decisions. Yep. And uh, it just so happened that uh, at that point, in our journey together, we both felt the same way. She was done. She, she was ready for a new start. Mm -hmm. Uh, We both wanted out of South Dakota about as bad as anything. Yeah. We just, we had a vision and we had a dream for more and we just, and nothing against the community of rapid city or Bozeman or Missoula that more, you know, it wasn't going to be found there. Um, and we didn't want to get to the point where we were saying, man, wish we would have taken that chance and just left and gone for it. Right. Yeah. Um, so we just did, uh, together. We just, we made the decision. Let's put the house up for sale. Um, let Dustin know we're coming as soon as the house sells and, um, you know, hopefully it sells before school starts. Mm -hmm. And, um, we let the kids know, we let our family know, yeah. Um, I think my, I think both sides of the family were kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're doing what? Um, cause we built a nice life in rapid city. Sure. I mean, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what happened.
0: Um, how did the kids take it? Were they excited or, Oh no, you know, I'm losing all my friends cause I moved yeah. a lot as a child. Um, And, you know, my last one was when I was 12, going from Arizona up to Minnesota. My sister was 15, right? And to say that that was easy um, would be just a bold-faced lie, right? Like, we both struggled. It took us a while to uh, adapt and, you know, integrate into the community, into the school. Granted, we moved from Phoenix, essentially, to you know, teeny tiny town of 10,000 people. So, you know, <laughs> sure. we were, we're like the only people who'd moved there in like 10 years, right? So it's, we were these strange aliens with a tan. Um, so like, but yeah, like what, how did, did, you, did they talk to you guys? Like that they were nervous, that they were excited? I'm just, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, they had all that, right? Sure. Um, Morgan, my oldest daughter, uh, had a great friend group. Um and that's one thing about my oldest daughter man she can make I mean it doesn't matter where we put her she's going to have friends she has no problem establishing new relationships That's awesome That's just Morgan uh big smile bubbly personality that's that's our muggy nice. Um Maeve on the other hand didn't have a lot of friends she really wasn't plugged in much uh so for her it was like hey cool new adventure Yeah Um and our son Matic, I mean pff, come on Yeah five-year-old boy whatever yeah they I mean, don't care <laughs> yeah sure when are we leaving yeah. no more um, winners
0: no more jackets great yeah so the
1: kids were good um that's good and it was it was those how many years we got there in 2018 um and it wasn't until about midway through 2021 where we started to
0: find our groove. Mm-hmm. but those first two years it was rough it was very difficult so how did you get through that? Like, what did you, would you lean on just each other? Yeah. I mean, I so, always leaned on our faith. Yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't,
1: it wasn't comfortable. We, I think in the back of your mind, you're always going, Hey, this is going to work out, right? Like it's yeah. going to be positive. You don't go into anything with that mindset of it's not going to work out. I yep. guess if you do, it's definitely not going to work out. Right. Um, but we were very optimistic about it. Uh, we knew that God had taken care of us so many times throughout our lives, um, and throughout our time together as a family that we're like, he's going to, he's got us. Um, but we didn't, I don't, I mean, it was tough. I I didn't anticipate it being difficult for that long. And then COVID added wrinkles to it. Oh God. Um, Yeah, 2020 was for our for the messer family it was uh, by far the the most difficult um, you know jC was was out of work at that time um, and I was transitioning to virtual uh, our business had kind of been tipped upside down just like everybody else's so it was it was, it was a difficult time for us but um, now being on the other side of everything um, I yeah we'd make that decision.
0: Every time we're, we're thankful that we made the decision to come to Arizona. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, plus no more winners, right? Like, (laughs) and Uh, you guys, you you moved. How's that shovel doing? How's that shovel doing? It's awful. Uh, (laughs) it sucks, bro. Um, and you guys like moved at, uh, essentially you moved down there at a good time. Um, while it was difficult, like golly, I, I used to take like, I've taken golf trips down there and, you know, three, four years ago, it was a kind of an affordable trip <laughs> and mm-hmm. like the were affordable. You could find how, like, if you wanted to like buy a house and like turn it into one, like you could find some, some fixer uppers, <laughs> but now man, that place has exploded. Yeah.
1: Affordability does not go with Phoenix right now. That's for sure. And it has the amount of growth years.
0: It's crazy. It's insane. But that leads to opportunity. Not always, not right? always. Um, there's
1: yeah. There's a lot of growth happening here. People want to keep coming to the desert. So, um
0: good. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, you guys are there. I mean, you're you're you're. Are you still involved in coaching, or trying to stay involved in it, or are you just like done coaching altogether, other than your kids?
1: Yeah, I'm done coaching altogether, and uh, slowly, as each year passes, uh, that that part of me is is gone. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I don't have the baseball bug like I used to. Sure. Um, you know, when I was coaching, man, I was all in. I, yeah. I was I was all in. I, I probably wasn't the greatest friend. I pro- I know I wasn't the greatest uh, husband. I, I wasn't the greatest dad. Like I I had such a narrow focus on being the absolute best coach that I could be and sure. um, leading our, and just, I was just, you know, I was a dog, man. I was locked in. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And uh, so these five years have been really good. I've never had so much personal growth in such a short amount of time. Um, you know, cause I just got thrown into doing really hard stuff. It's just really different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, baseball stuff, by and large mental and physical and you can work through the physical part Um, and mental, you know, you just learn to do that when you're playing baseball, but um, you know, when your family's involved and your kids are involved, um, you know, and and you're the sole income earner and uh, dad's got to get out and hustle in order for us to pay bills. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a different type. That's a different game. And when you go through that, um, you start learning different things about yourself, um, together, me and JC, our relationship got better. I don't want to say that it was good while we were going through it cause it was hard. For sure. Um, but now coming out of the other end, um, uh, we're definitely in a better place, uh, in our relationship. That's awesome. Um, so yeah,
0: man, it was, it was, uh, beautifully difficult. I I can imagine, I can imagine, right. Just the, the whole step back from what, you know, um, you know, it's what prevents a lot of people from taking leaps, right. Uh, is that comfortability, comfortability with where they're at, right. Having support where they're at, whatever it might be, uh, whether it's family, their friend group, um, people they grew up with, you name it, right. Uh, your name, right. Like, you you Mm -hmm. were, you were known in the community. Uh, obviously your wife's family was known, uh, out in that area. shit. I was, I took a trip out to the black Hills this summer. All right. Um, There you go. Uh, or excuse me, last fall. And like every place we stopped, I'd see, you know, your wife's family's name, you know, on, on jewelry. And (laughs) I'm just like, ain't that some shit? Like what a, (laughs) what a way to like, you know, have memories flood back into your into your brain but yeah so like to walk away from that right into a into a spot where you know one person and maybe you knew more people down there I don't know um it's not an easy it's not an easy task and I think that prevents a lot of people from doing something like that and um you know kudos to you guys for you know seeing where you're at and kind of like coming together and Realizing it was going to be difficult to, because I think so many people nowadays, like they want that instant um, gratif- gratification of, you know, decisions that they're working on. Right. But everything's a grind. Anything worth anything is, is a grind. You yeah. know, it's delayed gratification is way better than instant. You know, you're going to yeah. work 10 times harder and build that base uh, and, and do it the right way as opposed to, oh, man, well, my initial thought was awesome, so I don't need to make any changes, and it's probably going to fall off after a short period of time. So, I mean, again, kudos to you guys um, as a family coming together to, to make that decision as well, man. Like, that's awesome. That's yeah. Amazing.
1: Well, you know what? And my decision to quit coaching, gosh, that's – I mean, that's that was minor, honestly. Sure. Um compared to the decision JC had to make, uh, you know, she had, she had been working for the family business, the business that her grandfather started back in whatever, 42, 43, when he got back from the war. So, you know, she had been working for the family business for 10 years. Uh, her dad was nearing retirement and, you know, we were stockholders. all this stuff that kind of went into that decision. That's a, that was really hard for her. I'm sure. Um, and, but she made it, (laughs) um, that was a far more I mean that her decision was way more difficult than my decision to step away from freaking
0: post twenty <laughs> two. I, I bet. I bet, dude. Oh. Um but again, yeah, kudos, right? Like to both of you. Um Thanks. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you sound like you guys are doing great. Uh you're getting into golf. How's that going? <laughs> oh man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I bought my first I Dude, I didn't own clubs until two years ago. That's crazy. How does a man go through life and buys his first
0: pair of clubs when he's forty two years old? Well, I would. Um, You're probably better. You were probably better off. Like, (laughs) it's a frustrating (laughs) sport. Oh man, it is frustrating, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, a work in progress? Oh, for sure, right? Um, What's the how hard was it for you to adapt from swinging a baseball bat to swinging a club? Super hard. Um, even like you know, there's
1: an adjustment to swinging a baseball bat to a fungo, um, sure. and then you swing a fungo for 17 years, and then you oh, what's this thing? Oh, I yeah, the ball on the ground. Okay, hard man. I'm I'm not good off the tee. I'm terrible off the tee. Everything going um, right?
0: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Classic baseball swing. Yep. Takes yep. years to correct, my man. Like it. Oh, I wish it should translate right. You're, it's you're swinging, but it's so ridiculous. It's so difficult. Yep. Yeah. That's what's so
1: frustrating. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, come on. I should. I should be able to pick this. Like, come on. Yeah. It's Golf.
0: Not, I can, I can it's just fucking sitting swing, there. It's just sitting there. <laughs> like, why can't I hit it straight? it's fun for sure for sure dude um and the kids how the kids what are they into now good good so morgan morgan is our
1: oldest she's a freshman in high school at mountain view high yeah um she plays hoops uh she played softball not a fan of softball yeah Uh, doesn't like it but she likes basketball um middle daughter Maeve. She's twelve and she's into competitive cheer and tumbling. Nice. Like completely different animal. For sure. Um <laughs> way different animal. <laughs> um, but she's in it and she's doing a good job. So and then there's uh then we have my son Matic who's ten. Yeah. And uh he's man, he's just uh he's so fun. I learned something new from Matic every day
0: yeah what's he what's he into is he like is he is he into like video games sports everything yeah so he's
1: he's into video games of course right um Mm -hmm. um but so matt has autism and um Sports were never his. Like we tried okay. uh, before we knew before he was diagnosed. Sure, and it just wasn't it. That's not his deal. He's yeah. not even interested in it. Yeah, uh, he likes top golf because he can get a hamburger and hit a golf ball, and there's no consequences. I mean, so sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wish I could do that. Um, yeah, I mean that's what he's into.
0: He's, nice. he's into video games and uh, just being a ten year old boy. Hell yeah. And he's he, doing well, right? Like what are the yeah. challenges there for you all, uh, raising someone, raising your son with autism? Like what's, what goes into that? Like, what are the challenges there?
1: Yeah. So he's high functioning, right? Yeah. So he's verbal. Um, he can have conversation for, with you when you meet him, be like, Hey, you know, he'll say hi, Jeff. And sure. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but he, he's, is, uh, He's not neuronormal, So his, his brain just receives information differently than we receive information. And so uh, for JC and I, that's just been a learning yeah. journey uh, since we've been here. But uh, one of the things that's come about since we moved here is number one, the state of Arizona is wonderful when it comes to resources for uh, children with disabilities. So uh, the state has provided all this funding for him to, to go to different academies and get all the different therapies that he needs. He goes to a private school. Now uh, we finally got him into the right Academy and he loves it. He's, he found his tribe, right? He found his people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Public school was a mess. That's part of that two to three year journey uh, here. That was really difficult. You throw some financial stress on top of, you know, just trying to figure out what was best for Matic and get him on the path. Um, so yeah, now everything's squared away. He's doing well. He's he's awesome. Again, I learned something new. Uh, just the way his brain works, the way he sees things, um, it's amazing.
0: Hell yeah! Well, I I I got to imagine, right? It's in, in some respects, it's it's a bit like coaching leadership, essentially, right? Because you. Everybody learns in their own way, and it's about figuring that out, right, and connecting with them and getting them to, A, understand, B, be their best, you know, all those things, right? So it, I'm sure some of those things probably pop back up for you, like just realizing, yeah, all right, it's – and I, I don't like saying, oh, he's, he's disabled. I know he is, right, but it's just a different way of going through life right and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, learning to adapt with that and figuring out how to set that person up for success right i'm gonna learn differently than you are um Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna process info information differently than you are same with him right and yeah i gotta imagine like some of that coaching and being able to do that like because you had different kids every year and figuring out how to connect to them probably helped a little bit yeah i think so um Although,
1: you know, I, yeah, for sure. He's, um, and that's part of what I learned from him, right? Is how to patiently work through situations with him. Like even just this morning, here's a perfect example. Hey bud, we're going to church and transitions are hard for him. Sure. Like he, he needs a lot of time to process it. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately we were just in a hurry. I forgot to tell him, Hey man, we're going to church. <laughs> so he had a hard time with it. I uh, had a meltdown, but uh, it was like, okay, that's, that's on me. You know, right. We didn't give him enough time. And uh, in the past I would have handled that differently. Right. Like I would have been a little more firm. I would have, let's go, let's mm-hmm. go. And uh, it would have made it worse. So yeah, definitely. He's,
0: um, he's awesome that's awesome that's great dude that's great yeah um, yeah dude you got you want to talk about anything else today yeah come on man I got questions for you what, fire away what, can I ask them
1: fire All away right. brother so what's your favorite what are your favorite memories now I'm gonna to try to get specific here Ooh. what are your
0: favorite augie baseball memories give me your top three my top three? Um, definitely that Florida trip, like that's up there, um, for number one for me, uh, because our fresh, that was like our first real trip. Um, Mm -hmm. when we were freshmen, we went to like Missouri for our spring Mm -hmm. trip, which was just awful. And it was cold and we got murdered every game that, that first trip. Right. And I was like, holy cats, like what the hell did I sign up for? Um, so that first trip down to Florida was, was just awesome. Um, from the baseball to the experiences we all got to have together, you know, going to, going to South Beach, you know, and walking around that place like just a bunch of wide-eyed idiots from the Midwest um, to, you know, we, we did that, uh, that fan boat ride and went to that gator park like it was just, oh, man. it was awesome. Yeah. Like that whole trip was awesome to the hilarious stories of the fricking hotels, uh, all of it. Right. That's, <laughs> that's up there. Um, going to San Francisco or the California trip was great as well. Um, for very similar reasons, right. Like just being able to like have those experiences with my teammates. Uh, and then, you know, honestly, like living in the moon towers, like, with my teammates, right? Like, living in our yeah. house together, those were that, – that's what, like, was awesome. Um, Playing-wise, you know, I don't know. Like, there are some saves here or there, striking some hitters out here or there that, like, pop into my head. But for the most part, it was just it was just being with, with the boys in those new settings and having, like, a group of guys that you were with to go through them with together yeah that's it for so me. when you were in the when you made that decision yep. to, to
1: join the military yeah you went to the marine corps right army army yeah okay so so you get through basic like what was that experience like what was basic like for you
0: uh I, honestly like fucking easy huh? not that difficult Um, the hardest part was the mental breakdown of who you are. That's what it's all about is they're essentially reprogramming you as a, as a person to no longer think. And it's really hard for me to do that. And so I learned how to adapt to, you know, quickly snap to and respond to orders and when to challenge right? And when to offer your opinion. And it served me really well. And it has continued to serve me really well, like throughout my life. Like there's times when, you know, as a professional, you know, like, all right, you know, so-and-so saying something, it's a, this is a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, may I have another situation? And then there's times when, yeah, you can offer your perspective. Um, So that was, you know, just realizing, you know, I can't be me all the time. Uh, you know, you kind of learn to, like, start to, like, segment it off. And, uh yeah, just that breakdown of your personality and creating this new one that will respond to anything at any time, right? And the whole goal is, all right, if somebody tells you go take a hill and there's a machine gun up there and you know you're going to get mowed down, you don't question it. You just go take the hill because we're just going to try to mm-hmm. overwhelm them, right? And that's what they want you to do. So that was kind of tough so to overcome. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I can imagine, man. Like, so when you got out of basic, how's that work? You get out of basic, do they give you, do they call it an MOS? Like, well, how did you figure out what your job was going to be when you're done and where you're going?
0: Yeah, so like in the in the Army, you get to pick what you're going to do before you sign up. So you have to take this test that gauges how smart you are, like, which will then allow you to choose – different jobs, right? Like you can't go into military intelligence if you score poorly on this test. Right. Um, and so I took that and I think the the max you can get is a 99 and I got a 99, which I was like, okay, this is, it wasn't that difficult of a test. I could do whatever I wanted. And you know, the recruiter's sitting there. He's like, what do you want to do? You want to get into intelligence? You want to go be an officer? And I was like, nah, I want to shoot some shit and like be on the front lines. Like, that's why I'm here. (coughs) Um, I don't want to be a desk jockey. That's why I'm walking away from what I was doing. It, it, I, it, it's not who I am. And they showed me a couple of, um, combat arms, which is the people who fight videos, right. Of, you know, people who ride around in tanks, the infantry, you know, where you're in groups of a hundred or 200. And again, you got to go take that hill. And then they showed me this video of a Cav scout and it had dudes mm-hmm jumping out of planes, riding motorcycles through the jungle, you know, snowmobiles on mountains. I was like, that's dope. I want to do that. Um, so I got to pick it. Uh, you don't know where you're going when you're done. That's at that point, you know, you're just, you're left up to the army's whims wherever they need you. And when I got out of, uh, my basic and MOS training, um, which is called AIT we did it all at one station. Um, they sent me over to South Korea. So hmm. I, that was my initial assignment was go over there and hang out on the freaking DMZ and be a speed bump if North Korea ever decides to invade. Damn. So what year was that? That was oh three, oh four. So things weren't hot yet in Iraq. I mean, they were, right? they were but ish. Okay. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, like we all assumed, um, you, you graduate that and off you go. Like you're, you're going over there. There's no way to avoid it. And there's not, I mean, you're going it's just a matter of time. So were you happy about the South Korea deal? Uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, it's boring as hell, but I met one of my best friends over there you know we met in basic and we both got shipped over there at the same time and you know we we got a a chance to get to know each other really well and you know develop that like you know bonding side by side shit together and uh you know he's one of my one of my best friends was in my was in my wedding and you know he's he's one of those guys right that you call if hey somebody uh somebody treated my daughter poorly we got to go you know, do some damage and you can't ask questions and he's just going to, he'll fly out, (laughs) you know, so yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, There's always that guilt in the moment of, I know other brothers are doing the heavier lifting at the time and you feel guilty being there, but you know, uncle Sam's got a plan for everybody at some point. So yeah. So, what year did you get out? I'm sorry, man. I know we're going over. No, but you're fine. I, man,
1: I've told you in the text, like, I was a terrible friend. Terrible at keeping <laughs> up. Like, I feel, I want to know where, like, what's going on with Heinrich? Where have you been? What's going on? I knew you were in the military. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure what years. So, when did you get
0: out? Uh, I got out at the end of 06. Um, met my wife while I was in, in my last year and you know was wrestling with the whole decision of and when I went in it was all right I'm going to I'm going to go in for a short period of time if I love it and I want to make this my life then I'll go to then I'll go be an officer and um you know just make it a career and I met my wife as I was coming up on reenlistment and just kind of knew like there's parts of the military I absolutely loved um, and, but there was a lot that I did not like about it. Uh, I could never turn off that critical thinking, um, portion of my brain that like, like this thing could be better. We could do this more, fi-, you know, but they had no interest in changing that. Um, so I'd met her and I knew like, eventually I want to start a family and I got out really kind of with the idea of, I got to start the next chapter of my life, you know, hopefully settle down with her. If she'll say yes, you know, have kids, all that stuff. And so got out in 06, um, moved back home for a short period of time, then moved back to Kentucky where she was. And we got married in 09 and we moved up to Minnesota. And that later that year, like a month after we got married, uh, cause of my work. Yeah, we've been here ever since. Uh dad passed away in 14. Uh kids were born and my son was born in 14, my daughter was born in 15. I got crazy sick in 2015. But yeah. life's going well now, man. Like I like yeah. I'm doing well. Um family's great. Uh, no complaints by any stretch. Um you know, we're we're in a good spot like wrestled uh, a lot of emotional demons out of my life. I feel like, and, um, you know, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy with where we're at. I'm happy with where we're going. Um, I think like, I think there's always like, what else is there? Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, this was part of that for me, like trying to chase that, uh, dream or passion something that I knew I always wanted to do or thought I could do and so this is my attempt to see if that can work um and, and you know this is it's a ton of fun whether it works out uh in the end or becomes a thing where I can quit working uh, yeah. is irrelevant to me at this point I think like when I was always thinking of starting doing one it was what I wanted to do like yeah I want to make that my job but at this point man I don't give a shit like I'm just having fun talking to my friends and being able to share my story and my words with my kids later on in their life, you know? Um, yeah. cause you know how hard it is to like translate your stuff to your kids. And so whatever may or may not happen in my life, like, look, they'll always have this and I'll always have it. Right. Like if you know, God forbid something were to happen to any of my friends who I've ever talked to. And, you know, like that have been on this, like I'll always have this to be able to like hear, hear them again. You know what I mean?
1: And it's a bit, it's a bit morbid,
0: but, uh, (laughs) at the same time, like, I think it's, it's important. Right. And it's something that I learned from like losing my dad is so much of him. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who he was as a kid. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. And I don't know what he went through and like his thoughts about things. And, um, yeah, I wanted my kids to be able to have that in the event. We don't ever get to that stage of our relationship where we are just shooting the shit, you know, uh, over a beer right. or two, you know? So, yeah. well, man, I think it takes a lot of guts to do what you're doing. Like what you just
1: said, uh, Everybody wants, not everybody, but it's easier to to say, well, yeah, I'm going to start my own podcast. That's easy to say. There's a lot of people that say that, but, dude, it takes a lot of courage to get behind that mic and hit record. For sure. And, uh, and to engage for an hour to two hours.
0: So, man. To say I didn't uh, go into that with some uh, trepidation would be <laughs> um wildly, uh, a wild understatement, man, like that. Before I published that first episode, um, I feel like I had spent so much of my life creating this thing that was Mm -hmm. who people thought I was, right? And there are so many times on here where we just – I'm talking to a buddy, and we'll start talking about shit that we have never talked about one-on-one, and we're doing it in this format for some dumb reason – and cutting open veins you know what i mean and just like spilling our guts and like you know oh i don't want to be the angry guy and blah 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 but i feel like i can't let it you know and it's just it's super it was a lot of anxiety at, at first but now it's just like super freeing dude um so i appreciate you saying that it's a you know it it is you're absolutely right yeah but yeah it's, it's awesome at the same time just like Again, you know, you guys kind of like recognizing we need to take this big leap and yeah, it's going to be a struggle and there's going to be some bumps, but it's paid off in the end. And it, this will as well for me and it has already emotionally and like for my own mental health uh status, whatever you want to call it.
1: <laughs> for sure. And your kids, you know, your kids are going to be able to look at this for all the reasons that you mentioned But also, they're going to go. Man, dad was on here and he was talking about how he was nervous, but he did it anyway. He was on here and he was talking about how he had really all the excuses as to why not to do it, and he did it anyway. And it's going to, I know it. I mean, it's going to inspire your kids, man. So that's, this is just so awesome. And I know others have been on, they've said this. I don't think you understand the impact you're having just among our friend group. And you're going to keep doing it. I know, um, but you, you certainly impact me. When I was listening to the podcast last week, I, I literally learned of your podcast a week ago. Um, I'm sitting in an airport in Florida, and it and it was like and it was like I was sitting right there with you and Ross. Right? Yeah, like we were sitting on the couch at the Moon Towers drinking Bush lattes again. Yep, and um, so in I don't know. I just needed to hear that. It was good to hear your voice. It was good to hear, you know, Ross Dino B hunt. I get to see B hunt every once in a while. And we, we talk quite a bit too. So,
0: um, man, this is, this has been awesome. And I just appreciate you doing it. Appreciate that brother. Um, and obviously like next time I'm down in Arizona, now that I got your number, uh, you're getting a text and we're going to go figure something out on a golf course or at a bar <laughs> somewhere. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, dude. Well, thank you for giving me essentially like two hours of your afternoon on a Sunday. I know that those, those weekend hours are precious. Um, without a doubt, like I value those as well, like just being able to hang out with the fam. So I appreciate the hell out of that. Um, we're going to have to do this again. Um, I, I eventually, once I've kind of like run through, my Rolodex of old teammates. Like I want to get guys on together. Right. And again, just shoot the shit, right. Just hang out for an hour, have a drink, um, bullshit about whatever. And you know, maybe we'll figure something out in life. And, uh, that's all that, that's all that I'm looking for out of this. So worst case scenario, we get drunk and record the conversation. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's do it. There were some interesting coaching conversations happening. Let's do it.
0: Absolutely, brother. Um, Right. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. It means the world to me. Love you, man. I love hearing how how you guys are doing well down there, and I'm super proud of you guys and excited for what's next.
1: Yeah, love you too, brother. Uh, Appreciate
0: you. Yeah, everybody. Thank you for listening. That means a ton to me. Um, like, share, comment, subscribe to whatever. I don't care. Um, yeah, everybody. Be good.